0: Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you may be listening around the world. Welcome to this week's edition of In Transition, the podcast dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. My name's David Pembroke, and I'm delighted to be with you once again as we explore just how governments are using content marketing to strengthen communities and improve the well-being of citizens. Our guest today is Russell Sparkman, one of the pioneers, it has to be said, of global content marketing. And it also has to be said, he's a good friend of mine. Russell and I have got to know each other over the years through attending Content Marketing World in Cleveland. And it also has to be said that I always enjoy catching up with him in person to discuss content marketing, particularly as it relates to the challenges of government and the not-for-profit sector. It also has to be said that we are a niche vertical within the Global Content Marketing Institute community. But while small, we're dedicated and enthusiastic. And I know that in the weeks, months and years ahead, that community will grow as we collectively discussed just how is it that we will use content marketing to make a difference and to take on some of the world's biggest challenges, such as climate change, demographic shifts, urbanisation, and the ongoing growth, influence and impact of technology in our lives. Now, as is established practice at the beginning of In Transition, we start with a definition which has been adapted from the Content Marketing Institute's definition of content marketing, and it's the definition as it specifically relates to government. Now, that definition is, content marketing is a strategic and measurable business process that relies on the curation, creation, and distribution of valuable, relevant, and consistent content to engage and inform a clearly defined audience with the objective of driving desired citizen or stakeholder action. Well, Russell Sparkman and his brother Kevin started their business, Fusion Spark, way back in 1999. Fusion Spark is a network of talented individuals based across North America and Japan with skills in marketing, public relations, digital media, and journalism. Fusion Spark's mission is to create and distribute content that informs minds, inspires hearts, and influences decision. Russell joins me today from Whidbey Island in Washington State. Russell, my friend, hello and thanks for being in transition. Well, thank you for having me. This is quite an honour. Russ, the first thing we might do is let's take the drone or the helicopter up to 20,000 feet and, and, and give me your views on just... How governments around the world and not-for-profits for, uh, as well as not-for-profits. And, and give me your view on how well governments are taking up the opportunity of content marketing.
1: Well, it's it's the mile, the mile high, or however many kilometers that that equates to um, view of how government is using content marketing today. Well, you know, we're still in the embryonic stages um, is, is the way that I view that. Um, and I view that, you know, from the perspective of having done for government agencies, what would be considered by all definitions of the definition you just gave actually, um, content marketing, um, back in 2002. Um, and, and and jumping forward today, you know, you, just today with a project with a non, big nonprofit client that we're working on right now, I mean literally today, not not just figuratively today, but literally today, you know, we've gotten back feedback on a content strategy that we've submitted to them, and um, and in reviewing their feedback, uh, my colleagues and I were just discussing, wow. We still have a lot of teaching to do here in order to get them to understand, you know, what it is that we're recommending and why we're recommending. So, again, the answer is it's still really um, at the the embryonic stage is, is, is what I believe.
0: What are some of the things that perhaps we can do as leaders in this community to accelerate that learning and education process?
1: Well, you know, it's it's actually using content marketing best practices ourselves to do as you were um, saying, and that's you know to to actually um, let's say nurture this niche. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of of people in B two B and B two C alone that don't know what they don't know about this, and and so much of the 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 content over the past four or five years about content marketing, um, using content and digital marketing, however you want to describe it, you know, so much of that has been focused on B2B and B2C and and that and that community is still getting up to speed. So you can imagine how far behind, you know, years why years-wise government and nonprofits are. So what can we do? It's it's you know it's up to you, it's up to me, it's up to, to others. Um, to actually work together to to use content marketing best practices to provide the, the, the resources that speak to the language of people in government and, and and also in nonprofits.
0: So just how important is that issue of language to ensure that the communication is clear and effective?. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's, it's critical. Each profession has terminology that they are are, are, are the most comfortable using. You know, in, in fundraising, um, it's, it's not marketing leading to sales. It's marketing leading to, for example, donations. Or, you know, it's, it's um, and, and so, for example, um, you know, a tremendous amount of really good content about how to market today, um, uh, really good content that nonprofits should be using. It's all in the language of marketing and sales funnels and customer journeys and driving sales and and so on. It's not in the language of the nonprofits. And so the nonprofit sector, uh, and, and, and with that, the government sector as well, then since they're not searching those terms on Google and they're not paying attention to the kinds of events and conferences that B2B and B2C um, the B two B and B two C community are going to, then they're not getting exposed to this content. So yes, we absolutely have to. We have to frame our way of talking about content marketing in terms that are going to speak to that person who's in a in a public relations or public or or, or media or media facing role within a government agency or somebody who's in a development position at a nonprofit. We have to adjust our language. So that they know when we're talking about how to use content to drive actions, that we're talking about the kinds of actions they're they're seeking to drive.
0: In terms of the, I'm intrigued by the feedback that you received today from the particular proposal that you're working on. Obviously, yeah. there is that challenge around learning and education and and in improving the way that uh, those of us who are in this business communicate, so as that we speak clearly, uh, you know, to. Uh, the 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 needs of of the particular audience that we seek to serve. But what was some of the other feedback that you saw there that gave you a bit of a hint as to where perhaps there is other resistance points within government and not profit organisations to the notion of using content and content marketing to achieve their their business objectives.
1: Well, this 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 one particular case um, that I'm dealing with today is, um, you know, interestingly enough, it, it, it's not isolated. And, and it happens to be on the topic of, of SEO and, and the relevance of content to search and, and to understanding how people actually use search and why they use search, you know. And by that, you know, for the most part, I'm referring to Google. And, um, and, and part of the, the, the challenge is that these organizations believe that they need to say things and say them in a certain way and 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 so what you end up is with a lot of either nonprofit or government jargon um, using using words or phrases that the average layperson is not typing into Google as a search for that particular topic whatever it may be um, and 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 this is something that, you know, we've been educating clients on now for, for a decade and a half. And, uh, you know, just having the experience that we're having right now today with this one client just, you know, reminds me uh, as to how, I don't know, people such as yourself and myself, we're now in a little bit of a bubble. And we think, well, doesn't everybody get that that's how search and SEO and stuff works? And, and it's it's not the case at all. So, anyway, the, the, the point is that, you know, it's a constant, ongoing um, edu- client education process. And in this case, you know, one of the – the, and, and the main point here is that uh, – in, in, and in this particular case, we have to work hard to try to teach them that, you know, the language they want to use is not necessarily the language that their target audience speaks – when their target audience is thinking about whatever this particular topic is.
0: When you are in those conversations with potential clients and you are seeking to communicate to them the benefit of content marketing, particularly as it relates to them achieving their very specific business objectives, how do you go about communicating that, that value proposition of content marketing to a government or not-for-profit audience?
1: Um, I'm just writing, you know, a note here so I make sure I have the whole um, whole question down. So, how to communicate the benefit of content marketing to government agencies? Well, you know, David, I was hoping that you would tell me
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got some, I've got some clues, I've got some hints that we can share. But uh, uh, you're the guest, so I'll ask the questions and you give the answers.
1: Uh, darn. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, one of the slides I have in a slide deck now is um, I, I put up I put up a question, and the question is, "What is content marketing?" And my next slide is, "It's inevitable. <laughs> it's it's not a definition. It's inevitable. Content marketing is inevitable. And whether whether you want to use that term or not, it is inevitable that." In order to communicate today, you have to be in. You have to assume the role of a creator and/or curator of of content that speaks to whatever it is your, your 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 subject matter is, whether it's whether it's health or environment or or other social related issues. You have to be putting content out there for your prospects to find, for your prospects to engage with you over, um, for your prospects to ultimately make decisions over. It's inevitable. You have no choice. The the train has left the station in this regard. There, there, There is no more efficiency in just putting together a printed brochure. There is no more, you know, communications objective achieved just by putting out a poster. Um, or putting something up on a bus panel or, you know, or any other, you know, paid, um, paid advertising. Um, So, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the points that that we start out with, look, this is inevitable. And then you have, then you start going through the process of explaining how and why a content strategy is so important um, in in this regard, And, and that it's really for their benefit to do the content strategy because, you know, particularly in government and particularly in nonprofits, you know, all you hear over and over and over again is that we have limited human and limited financial resources, which makes the content strategy process all the more important. It, it's a, I like to, to tell prospects, look, content strategy is important because it's a process of deciding as much what not to do as what to do. Um, because as you as you've seen and experienced in in this world we're in today, um, there will be a lot of sort of flailing about and trying this and trying that. Well, you know that mantra that that you sometimes hear, particularly in the business world, is of uh, of test, fail, iterate, etc. That's you know you really don't have that much that luxury as much in or at all if you're doing government and and um, and nonprofit work, so that that's the other thing about how to communicate the benefit of content marketing is getting right into that that discussion about content strategy, and we always emphasize that from the point of view of, of efficiency of human resources and financial resources. Um, uh, and then and then finally, you know, uh, we really try to emphasize, and we have some pieces in our portfolio that absolutely demonstrate and prove this that contrary to Contrary to what a lot of you, of what you may see in terms of like conventional wisdom, you know, you've got to const, constantly be churning out you know a new blog post today or a new Facebook post, uh, uh, wall posts or Twitter's you know Twitter tweets multiple times a day. Contrary to that 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 conventional wisdom that you've got to be constantly pushing stuff out, we've demonstrated, and this is important for nonprofits and government that a lot of subject matter, a lot of topics, if you produce at the outset the absolute best content about the the subject matter, it has a long-lasting evergreen value. We have one particular project that I love talking about in this context, and it's it's, uh, it's at floridayards.org. And what I love to share with people about this is that that this particular project is still the number one ranked search return site for all phrases and terms related to to environmentally friendly landscaping in the state of Florida. It is today the number one, number two, number three Google return for that. And guess what, David? The last time content was updated on that site was in 2005, the day it was launched. So here's a government agency that invested in the very best content on this subject matter, Florida-friendly landscaping, back in 2005, and today it is still returning on that original investment.
0: So let's go. Uh, let, let, let's actually yeah. spend a bit more time diving into this notion of creating quality evergreen content with a really long tail in it, because I think it's a really valuable and important point that that you raise there. That it's. Less about volume, more about quality, more about understanding the needs of the audience, not so much the government agency, but the audience that they're seeking to serve, answering the questions and creating that compelling content that people continue to come back to so give us some of the other insights or perhaps some insights into the process and your thinking as you went through building out that content program and then perhaps some insight into the distribution uh, of that content and some of the your what you did with the distribution and then perhaps some insight into the measurement and evaluation of the impact and the effectiveness of that program Okay, just writing notes, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot, I know, <laughs> I know. But it's a good case study, I think, because, yeah, I think, yeah, because yeah. it really goes to the, to the heart of what we're trying to talk about, is to really get people to understand that it's, you know, it's understanding what the audience wants. And if you're finding that, you know, what, 10 years on, that this is the place where people are still going back to understand about Florida-friendly landscapes, well, you obviously did something right.
1: Yeah, yeah, we definitely you know, tapped into something there. And there are some really great, you know, lessons to learn. Um, you mentioned the needs of the audience. And, um, you know, it, there's a certain, you know, marketing 101 aspect of understanding and identifying and understanding your, your audience. But where, where this starts to separate from sort of, you know, marketing as we used to know it is that um, by understanding the, the needs of the audience, um, it, it, it provides you with the ability to re engineer backward um, what your content assets should be. So, you, know, you understand who your audience members are, you understand, you, you delve deeply into identifying what their needs are, um, and, you underst- and, and, and you go through a rigorous process of prioritizing desired outcomes. And, and, and by, you know, through that process, you can then re-engineer content backwards. So, for instance, with the Florida Yards project, um, okay, well, oh, and by the way, you know, uh, one of your audience is always, you know, the, it's, it's always the group that's commissioning you. So, in our case, the audience, um, one of the important audiences was the Florida DEP, uh, Department of Environmental Protection. So you know they they had a need to to teach Floridians how to how to plant more Florida-friendly landscapes. Um, Now, in order to enable that, one of the needs that becomes pretty obvious is that well, if if you're going to recommend that, then you then then you really should provide a really great functional purpose tool that enables. The, uh, the 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 target audience to actually explore what types of plants are actually florida friendly um, native plants and 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 so on so so as a result of that type of re-engineering backward thinking we ended up creating an interactive plant database and um, it, it, we got the database I think from the University of Florida it was about 400 plants um, and this database can be searched by any number of parameters uh, ranging from, um, from from you know uh, light conditions, either sunny or shady, uh, soil conditions, uh, sandy or loamy, and and so forth and so on. And it, it was and 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 then in addition to that, you know, there's some educational um, content that's needed. Not everybody knows what you know Florida friendly landscaping actually means. So we created. We, we, we created a, um, a Florida-Friendly Landscaping 101 tutorial. And a really interesting thing that happened with that is we're sharing here, because it's a very different outcome because it was this government partnership than if this had been a business, let's say like a, a big landscaping business like a Home Depot or, or, uh, or, or whatever. Um, and, and here's what it was. We, we created the Landscaping 101 tutorial and if you went through the tutorial and completed all the questions, and it was pretty much a no-brainer, as it was pretty easy to do, um, then you were rewarded with a certificate of completion and a packet of Florida-friendly um, wildflower seeds. Well, about you know, 30 days after the site went live, we got a phone call from the client, and they said, you have to, you have to turn that feature off. You have to take that feature down. And you know why they 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 asked us to do that
0: David? They ran out of seeds.
1: They ran out exactly. I mean they they didn't have the capacity to do the fulfillment. Yeah, right. That's how popular it was. Now, imagine if that had been a business. That would have been an amazing metric as to how well, you know, you were succeeding with that site, which kind of answers one of your 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 questions. Um, you know, because some of these projects are uh, so, like some of these Florida projects now go back to the mid-2000s and this was also new. One of the things that we've had, we had as a huge challenge and and today it's still a bit of a challenge, but it's getting a little bit better and that's around the idea of distribution. We provided with the overall content strategy for that project and, and for every project, you know, that we've ever done, whether it's for government or nonprofit, We've provided... Um, uh, with a content strategy and the plan for the website, et cetera. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've always provided recommendations and plans for what you what what you've characterized as distri- distribution. We've provided recommendations for marketing this the site. Now to date, we are still dealing with clients who primarily view a website as pretty much just the end of one process and and not really looking at it as part of an entire ecosystem of processes so most clients still today that we're dealing with um, they follow our guidance regarding you know quality content for getting the SEO benefit but we're we're still challenged by finding clients that understand that okay we need to go to the next step and if one-third of our content budgets for original content maybe one-thirds for Curated or other you know, forms of getting content, then we need about one third of that budget to actually do paid advertising, paid placement to promote awareness of that content. So while B2B and B2C world is, 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 is much more on top of that, um, we still struggle with getting clients and government and nonprofit to actually see, okay, it, it's not a build the website, launch it, and say, woo, I'm glad that's done. It's like, no, uh-uh, your job's only just started and, you know, distribution is going to require these these efforts.
0: Do you think that there's a, a bit of a change happening, though, as, as people's behaviour matures and they gain a better understanding even from perhaps their own uh, creation and consumption of content, that they perhaps are understanding a little bit more the importance of distribution and the importance of being, you know, active and and being able to move content through the ecosystem as opposed to being static.
1: You know, there's, there's four big projects we're working on right now. Um, And uh, compared to, so these are projects that came up on Q4 last year and, and, and Q1 this year. And, um, I would have to say in response to your question that some of these discussions are definitely now easier um, than than just, you know, two years ago or one year ago. So I, I guess the answer is yes. I still, though, we were talking about this last week, um, you know, one of our one one particular client, um, we were like, wow, how do we how do we mint and reproduce more of this client because they get it so well, right? And we were talking about how it's still a bit of a needle in the haystack to find um, a a prospect in in nonprofit and government in which multiple people within the organization um, sort of get what the the contemporary best practices are. And and, and actually, they they themselves are internally advocates for it. Um, I still think that's a bit of a needle in the haystack.
0: Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. Although I, you know our experience would mirror your experience in that the conversations are uh, far more developed and 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 there's a, there is a higher degree of understanding. And I think that's also been driven by you know the collapse in the effectiveness of the traditional uh, government distribution channels. They know that you know the content they're creating and distributing even a couple of years ago. Uh, are, not completely ineffective, but are much less ineffective than they were. So in seeking seeking uh, better solutions in order to influence the uh, the citizens that they're trying to engage with, that they are uh, understanding of it. And I think the other thing that underpins uh, the, the 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 proposition of content marketing is that notion of it being a strategic, measurable, and accountable. Uh, Process and I think that to me is really starting to resonate with a lot of our clients in that they understand that you know hang on we can you know yes we've got a process that's being driven by business objectives yes we've got a process or we've got a lens through which we're making multiple decisions and then we're having a better opportunity to capture an understanding through a lot of digital metrics that's allowing us to to track our effectiveness so i think there's uh, bright times ahead but uh, as we move towards the end of our discussion here where do you see the next year, two years and how is it that the, the content marketing community within the not-for-profit and, and government sector, how can we come together to perhaps accelerate that learning process and start to see government really take this wonderful gift of technology in order for them to, as I say, strengthen community and improve the well being of citizens throughout the world as, as we wrestle with some very, very major challenges that the world has? Well,
1: you know, it's, 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 it's somewhat, you know, related to what we talked about at the top of the, the show here, which is it is a niche. It is a niche to which – well, that rhymed, didn't it? it, um, it's, a, <laughs> it it's, a, it's a niche to which there is not presently a whole lot of good educational resources directed to them, uh, you know, again, in their language and, and also reaching them in the channels where, where you know, where they hang out. Um, so, you know, as you know, we, we had a little bit of email discussion about this. I've been producing a content marketing retreat here on in, in, um, Whidbey Island. And, and up to this date, it's been, you know, fairly generic in terms of the way that we've talked about content marketing it's in the conference. Um, you know, and we've covered things like video storytelling and, and analytics and, and so on. But again, it's been pretty pretty generic in terms of who the target audience is. And, and so, you know, it's, it's part of our own strategy this year is to actually, you know, take what we've learned by producing that conference and actually retool that to become something here in the States that people recognize as, okay, you know, that's a gathering of professionals like me who are coming together to learn about all this content. Content stuff, and by by, like me, I mean you know uh, government communications and and, and MPO communications um, prof- professionals. So you know it's a long way of saying that you know I think I think perhaps another way of saying is that if you look at what Joe Politzi's done with Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World, largely for the 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 B two B and B two C group, you know we 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 should try to have sort of a, a micro effort um, focused on government and nonprofits. And um, and, and by the way, for, for those of your listeners who may not know um, this, the B2, um, Content Marketing Institute puts out uh, an annual Benchmarks, Trends, and Budgets report about content marketing. And starting last year, they started to produce one specifically about nonprofits. Um, we're the sponsors. We're the official sponsors of that. Um, it's a great... Um, it's a great study and and uh, i don 't know if you've if you 've seen it um, I have yeah, so if the, however you publish your podcast if the URL to that was was published there 's some really good insight about what nonprofits are doing, uh, where they 're finding success, where they 're struggling, etc.
0: okay, Russ, well listen, we will wrap it up there, but it sounds like a task for you and for me and for quite a few other people as I think this community will grow and it will grow quickly because I think there is such a need for content marketing uh, to tell the story of government so as that they can engage with citizens in order to improve the wellbeing of those citizens, but also to uh, strengthen communities. And there's some wonderful work happening all around the world. So I think our job might be to join it all up and see what we can do and certainly to make a difference and to act with a purpose over the next, you know, weeks, months and years ahead. So thanks very much for joining us. Just before you go though, uh, there, you do have a lot of resources. So where can people find you, uh, on the web and how can they engage with you and and what's the best way to reach you?
1: Um, we, you know, go to our fusion website and from the large, Carousel images on the homepage. We're, we're promoting um, a number of webinars that we've done. Um, one is the essentials of nonprofit content marketing. Uh, we have another one on purpose-focused content. Um, we have another interesting one on emerging storytelling platforms. So we're we're working to be on to, to be on our own monthly schedule with these webinars. Um, that's the best place. You know, We're trying to draw as many people to that website as possible. I think that that's the best place to have people come. They can sign up for a newsletter. They can sign up for the webinars. Many of the webinars, by the way, are recorded. Um, So things we've done in the past are, are available.
0: Okay. Well, highly recommend that, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you may be. Lots of knowledge lots of experience, and as I say, one of the great pioneers of content marketing in the world. So, Russ, thanks very much for joining us once again. Uh, Delighted that you've been part of In Transition, and thanks very much for all those insight and wisdom, and we look forward to continuing to work with you in the years ahead. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you, David.
0: You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au.